Why don't we go ahead and read this whole book here of Third John, and then um, then we'll go through. We're going to mainly focus on the first half of the book. Well, let's go ahead and read it here. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. For I was very glad when brethren came and testified to your truth, that is how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this, to hear of my children walking in the truth. Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren, and especially when they are strangers, and they have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. For they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support such men, so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loved to be first among them, does not accept what we say. For this reason, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does unjustly accusing us with wicked words and not satisfied with this he himself does not receive the brethren he does not receive the brethren either and he forbids those who desire to do so and puts them out of the church verse 11 beloved do not imitate what is evil but what is good the one who does good is of god the one who does evil has not seen god demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself, and we add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had many things to write to you, but I am not willing to write them to you with pen and ink. But I hope to see you shortly, and we will speak face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. Okay, you younger people. What words did you hear repeated in this short little letter like to test anybody there's a few truth heard that a few times right I, I believe it's actually six times in this little letter some 20 times first second and third john uh truth is is mentioned <clears throat> anything else what's that brothers and beloved okay yeah, just check and wake us up here. Good to get some of the ideas of what's going on here in this in this letter. I want to just start out and just share just a little story here with you to get the and, and lead us into this book here. Some missionaries they were traveling, visiting churches. They're at a church. The meeting was over, and the time came for the missionary and his family to to leave. This missionary and this family, of course, I mean, not having much. I don't know if they were on uh, deputation or raising support to go to the mission field or if it was kind of a furlough. Um, but, I mean, of course, they didn't have much money. And then with the money that was given them by the church, it wasn't enough for what they needed. And so uh, they were a little down. But just as they were getting ready to leave, and just to back up, of course, I mean, God knows this, right? God knows what they need. And they're getting ready to leave, and somebody from the church comes and gives them a gift, just what they needed to get on their way 
to what God would have them to do. And that's along the lines of what this letter is about, supporting, um, giving hospitality to those workers of the ministry for the sake of the gospel and the church contributing and being fellow workers with them in the ministry of the gospel through hospitality, through support, through sending them on their way, as he says here, in a manner worthy of God. So Third John is a letter that deals with supporting those who are laboring for the gospel. He starts out the elder. The elder, this is John, the apostle, who wrote First, Second John, wrote the gospel of John. And this is written to who? Who's this written to? Is it written to a church? It's written to an individual, right? Gaius. And this is encouraging because it, it doesn't seem that Gaius has a place of authority in the church. Demetrius does, that he deals with, um, or Diotrephes does in verse 9 there, that he deals with later that there's issue with this individual in the church. But Gaius, I mean, as far as we know, he's just a member of the body, right? But yet he's taking a significant role in part in the work of the gospel here in this region. And that that should be an encouragement to us. And notice here in verse 1, at the end he says, Whom I love in the truth. Whom I love in the truth. And this is, this is key here, because this is key for what John is talking about and encouraging um, Gaius to continue in and showing hospitality and support for those workers in the ministry, is that truth is key. It's not other interests you know, that we might have, similarities we might have with these individuals. The similarity that we have is the truth is our love for the truth, our love for the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And and so this is key to helping us, encouraging us, motivating us to be diligent and faithful in the work of hospitality, in the work of supporting the work of the ministry of the gospel, in the work of supporting and encouraging fellow uh, brethren in the ministry of the gospel of Christ. Now he has a prayer here in verses 2 and 3. So this is all kind of, this is introductory, and you could see similarities to even maybe how we would write letters today. Beloved, in verse 2, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Just as we would say, I hope, you know, I pray that this email, this letter finds you well. He, He prays, and it's interesting how he prays for him. He prays that, his health physically would be as good as his spiritual health is. I mean, may people be able to pray that way for us. How does he know this? In verse 3, how does his soul prosper? He says, For I was very glad when brethren came and testified to your truth, that is how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this to hear of my children walking in the truth. So his spiritual condition, why is his soul prospering? Because he is faithful to the truth. He's faithful in in the truth that he is holding to, believing, 
Notice he says in verse 3, they're testified to your truth. It's not that, you know, well, I have my own way. I have my own truth. You have your truth. No, but truth that's in line with the gospel of Jesus Christ that John has written about in, in, in 1 John there. But not only does he believe the right things, he is doing the right things. He says, that is how you are walking in the truth. So he's holding to, to the truth. He's living out the truth. And, and that's the full aspect of truth in the scriptures, isn't it? I mean, believing the truth isn't just one one part of two. It's not just that we hold to these doctrines, you know, that we could just go through this list and say, yeah, I believe what is right. I believe what is true. That reality of believing what is true shows forth in the doing of it, doesn't it? And we see this throughout the scriptures, throughout the the New Testament. You think of like Ephesians uh, 4, Verse 1, how he exhorts them to walk in a manner worthy of your calling, right? Chapters 1 through 3, he deals with this doctrine, this doctrine of, of grace, of salvation. And then chapter 4, verse 1, he says, now walk in a manner worthy of that calling, of that truth, that reality. Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the, by, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice. And then he goes on talking about what that looks like. Right, that living out that of those mercies that he's talked about in Romans one through eleven, this doctrine of truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, here we have an example of this in Gaius. He holds to the truth, and he's walking in the truth. He's walking in it step by step, day by day. He's walking in light of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then John says, I have no greater joy than this to hear of my children walking in the truth. So that's kind of that's introductory here to this short little letter of Third John. And now he gets into the body of the letter, dealing with this matter of, of hospitality. Hospitality for the sake of the gospel. And there's three reasons why we should be hospitable for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The first reason is that we are acting faithfully when we show hospitality for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of ministry. Look in verse 5, 5 through 8 for this point here. He says, Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren, and especially when they are strangers. So here he's not just exhorting guys to he's not exhorting guys to do something he he's not doing, he hasn't been doing, but here he commends them for what he has already done. And it's because he's been doing this, this is the word that gets brought back to John. These brethren that have passed through here to the, from this through this church here that Gaius is a part of, they've experienced his hospitality. They've experienced his support, his love, and they have taken word back to, to Gaius and reported 
or they've taken word back to John and reported about what Gaius has done and the love and the hospitality that he has shown. He says, you're acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren, especially when they are strangers. So here these guys are. They don't know. He doesn't. Gaius doesn't know them on a first name basis, but they come recommended for the sake of the gospel. And he takes them in as brethren. He takes them in, supports them, makes sure they have what they need for the work of the ministry. And notice what he says here. You are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish. That's pretty broad, isn't it? It's pretty broad. Whatever you accomplish for the brethren. Christ said a cup of cold water given in my name. Right? That's, that's whatever. And that should be an encouragement to us not to just get pigeonholed into thinking, you know, help or support of those workers of the ministry, workers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, looks like just one thing. You know, that it looks, it just looks like giving money. You know, I don't have a lot of money, so I, I can't support them. It, that's not all that it looks like. I mean, that's part of the support, but it doesn't just look like that. He says, you're acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren. And here he says, especially when they're strangers. And he says, and they have testified to your love before the church. This is a work of love. That's what they testified about Gaius, his love that he has shown them. Well, now he, John encourages Gaius to continue to keep on doing these things. And so I'm sure for us here, there's you, those of us that we just, we need, hey, encourage, you're doing a good work, keep doing it. And there's those of us that we need to hear this, do this, <laughs> show hospitality. He says then at the end of verse 6, you will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God, for they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support such men so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. So John is encouraging guys to continue in his noble work of hospitality to strangers, to these itinerant preachers who are passing through, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, also coming into these, these churches and possibly even here where Gaius is and encouraging, building up the church of Jesus Christ. And he tells them that they are to send him or send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. So he exhorts them to keep doing this thing, to send them on their way. <clears throat> this became a technical term for missionaries supporting the early church. Titus 3.13, it says, Diligently help, and that's the same word as send, help Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way so that nothing is lacking. So he tells them to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. So are we pleasing? He, he, he tells them to examine how, remember, you want to be sending them on their way in a manner worthy of God. And think about that in the early church here. These men that are traveling, 
carrying the gospel of Jesus Christ from town to town, community to community, how they are supported by the church as a testimony to the world around them about the God that they are saying that they serve and they worship in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And see, he holds them up to that standard in a manner worthy of God. And then why should he do this? Verses 7 and 8. There's three reasons here. In verse 7, because they went out for the sake of the name. They went out for the sake of the name. The name of Jesus Christ. For the sake of the gospel. Which makes us brethren. Which makes us in this uh, have this commonality that this is what binds us together, right? That's what we're about. That's what we're about living for the sake of the name. Well, that's what they're bearing. That's why they are doing this is for the sake of the name. So support them in this work. Second reason it says here, because they accept nothing from the Gentiles. This is a responsibility of the church. As Christ said, the labor is worthy to receive assistance. They accept nothing from the Gentiles. And then thirdly, he says in verse 8, Therefore we ought to support such men, so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. So the third reason here is we become fellow workers with them. We become co-laborers with them. And what an encouraging thought. You know, as we hear and see about the Syrian refugee crisis in the Middle East. Obviously, none of us are there, right? But we have been and we can continue to be co-laborers in that work of the ministry through the Sims, right? The work in Mexico, the chancellor is going to Mexico, I mean, as far as no, nobody else here is going, but yet we can be co-laborers in the work that is taking place there in Mexico. Co-laborers, fellow workers in the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Fellow, fellow laborers. So we're to be hospitable for the sake of the gospel. For the sake of the ministry. Why? Because we're acting faithfully when we show hospitality for the sake of the ministry. I'm just going to mention the other two points here. Secondly, we do not want to be like Diotrephes, who out of selfishness did not want any part of showing hospitality for the sake of the ministry. I mean, think about that. Diotrephes, he, he wouldn't support him. He didn't want any part of, of these guys, and he wouldn't let other people. He was trying to prevent other people from supporting these who are who are going out in the name of Jesus Christ. We don't want to be like Diotrephes. And then thirdly, and that's verses 9 through 10, and then thirdly, verse 12, verses 11 and 12, the reason is because we're going to have opportunity to show hospitality for the sake of the ministry. As he exhorts here in verses 11 and 12, Gaius to imitate not what is evil that he's found in Diotrephes, but what is good. Why? And here he's preparing him for this opportunity of hospitality now because Demetrius, 
who's received a good testimony from everyone. He's coming with the truth, bearing the truth here. He's coming. And so be ready to receive him. And so you're going to have, he's telling God, you're going to have this opportunity again, so be ready to show hospitality. And so we also need to be ready to show hospitality because we're going to have the opportunity to show hospitality for the work, for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for the work of the ministry. Now just let me give some concluding thoughts and just a little more maybe application on this. First, just to remind us, to be hospitable as we ought. The truth, the sake of the name, has to be foremost of most importance to us. That, that's what's central here to this message of hospitality for Gaius is, is this truth. Because this is what... This is the commonality that you have with these individuals coming through and coming into your home. It's this, this common work, this common cause, this common love of Jesus Christ. And that's what, that's what needs to be of most importance to us, the truth. And then also just to encourage us that there are many ways we can send and support labors in the ministry. You know, I, we have um, Mac Tomlinson coming at the end of this month, right? Somewhat seems filling maybe this role here of these itinerant preachers coming to encourage, coming to build up the body of Christ, coming with uh, a word uh, from, the, uh, from God here for us. So what, we, what can we do to send and support individuals like this? Well, I mean, we could come to the meetings that, that they're in. We can be praying for them. Uh, it could be notes of encouragement or thanks. It could be a monetary gift. Another way we could, we could support them is receive what they have for us from the word of god and then just a, a couple of other examples here remember elisha the prophet in the old testament in second kings 4 it, it tells us of a woman it says she was a shunammite woman she came into contact with elisha And she said this to her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man passing by us continually. Please let us make a little walled upper chamber and let us set a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. And it shall be when he comes to us that he can turn in there. So there's a way, right, of supporting the work of the gospel. This lady, they, they prepared a room. Hey, whenever you're coming through, you have a place to stay right here. I remember hearing of a missionary family, and um, whenever they'd come to this town, they were staying in a hotel. Well, the church heard about it, and they said, no, you don't need to be staying in a hotel. We have a place for you to stay. And they provided that. 
That's a way of sending, supporting labors in the ministry. Remember, I believe it was Robert Chapman, is that the Apostle of Love? I believe it was him reading about. He'd frequently have people into his home, and, and I assume other workers of the ministry too, but he'd always have them leave their shoes outside his door, outside their, their bedroom door, and, and he'd shine them. He'd clean them up, shine them for them. And, uh, I mean, things like that, right? It's whatever you do. You're acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren. And God has given the church, the body, right here, various gifts, right? Various gifts, none the same. How can we, how would God have us, have you, be, a fa- show, uh, be faithful in showing hospitality and sending, supporting the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ with these individuals that we know, with these individuals that come um, into our midst? What would God have you? to do each one of us and then also we need to remember to support them in their ongoing work we've had these individuals come through and pass through often they're mentioned in our prayer meetings right the sims the wilkinsons um others i think i mean christina and there there's there's others the johnsons that we continue to support them continue to support them in prayer continue to support them financially continue just uh, words of encouragement, just however God might lead us, but to be thinking about how, God, would you have us to continue to support these who are laboring for the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ because they're going out in your name. They're not accepting. Uh, they're not funded, as it, as it talks about here, from, the, uh, from Gentiles. And, God, so that we can be fellow laborers and the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So may the Lord help us and encourage us in this, in this particular aspect of hospitality, this, this hospitality to those workers, laborers, specifically in the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ.